We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they are predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger, so let's jump in. All right, guys, today what we're going to be talking about this week is the area of self and building a family culture that's grounded in Christ. Okay, so I brought in with me Mr. David Freeman, who's the CEO of CultureWise. How are you doing today, David? I am doing fantastic, Chris. Great to be with you. Absolutely, absolutely. So for, for the listeners out there, I saw David. I was at a, a it's called a Vistage meeting for for leadership. Uh, he did a speech around culture. It grabbed me, and, and we were able to, to talk during the lunchtime. And I thought, you know what? We're talking about culture from a business standpoint, but there's there's a family culture that we all have. And I, so I asked David to come on and share his ideas, and because I think some of his principles could really apply and help us in our lives as we grow. And the scripture, guys, you know that we're think, we're talking about this week is First Timothy three four through five. And I'm just going to run through that here real quick for you. He must be one who manages his, his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? So, you know, keep that scripture in, in your, in your minds, in your heart, guys, as we walk through this conversation. So David, maybe get us started. When we talk about culture and family culture, how can we recognize what that actually is right now? Yeah, so, so here's probably the easiest way that I can frame this for you and for your audience, Chris. And I think about it, I, I, I'm going to make a really gross oversimplification, but I think it's useful. Um, and when I think about how most people parent, I think that, they're, that we can break parenting into three large groups um, in terms of parenting styles, let me call it that. I think that there is one group of parents whose parenting license should be revoked. Like who let them be parents? Cause I, like, there's something going on here that they shouldn't have been able to be have kids. Cause this is like a, a travesty what's going on here. Those are some percentage of that. Then there's this group in the middle and I would count myself in how I parented. So just to give your audience some background, uh, I'm 60 years old. I have two, two grown adult children. One's a son who's 31, a daughter who's 29. So my kids are, I'm an empty nester now, but so I can look back at what did we do as my kids were growing? I'm not in the stage where my kids are young. Um, so I think there's this middle group of parent style that many people, most people fall into, and I certainly did, and probably many of your listeners do. And I would characterize this as we try to set a good example for our children. We know that our children are watching us all the time, consciously and unconsciously. And so we try to set a really good example for them. And we also, beyond that, we try to use life circumstances 
to teach lessons about life. So, for example, my son doesn't make the, you know, the all-star team in the Little League, and we use it as a chance to talk about, so what does that mean for life? You're not always going to be selected, and how do you deal with that? Or, you know, your daughter has a problem with a friend at school, and okay, that's a life lesson. And so we take the situations that occur, and we try to, to broaden them into something about life that we can learn. For Christian men, perhaps much of that may be biblical lessons and how that ties to biblical um, principles. So I think that's the second group. But I think there's a third group that, that is, is an opportunity for us that, that not many take advantage of. And the third group is, what if we had a set of principles for how we wanted our family to be and how we wanted to raise our children and we had a structured, systematic way to practice those principles over and over and over again so that they were internalized in our children. That's a whole different level of play as a parent that I wish I knew about when I was younger. I mean, my kids are doing great and they're fine. But had I known what I know now and what I've taught to so many others in the business setting and it's applicable in the family setting, as we'll talk about, had I known that back then when my children were little, I would have done some things differently to be much clearer about these are the specific set of principles for how we, we are as a family, how we relate to each other, and what I want my children to learn and what I want to practice as a family. And I'd have a very systematic way, which we'll talk about, for how I would teach those things. Yeah, That's a different level of play than what I did and what most people do. I mean, that's, that's speaking to the word that jumps out to me is this intentionality. I mean, you have to be real intentional, yes. real, you know... It, focused on that whereas that second group being a good example live you know leading by life circumstances that's a little bit more reactionary you know you're you're you're, yes. you're, you're trying in the moment type deal versus you know that intentional yes. focus that I, I think that i think that's a good distinction to draw chris and I, I think you're right on that it's the difference between being really intentional and just reactionary you know life happens and you try to use those moments mm-hmm. and, I, and i and to, to add to what you're saying I, i've often said that when i look at what separates, and I think you and I may have talked about this before, but what separates the really successful at anything, whether it be an athlete or whether it be a musician or whether it's just a person in life or a company, when I look at what separates the really extraordinary from the pretty good, the really extraordinary are intentional. You know, the, the, the great athlete, you know, look at Tom Brady. And, you know, there he is, a, a, you know, just retired, but he's a, a sixth round draft pick, 199th person in the draft chosen. And how did he get to where he got to? It wasn't just physical gifts. It was the level of intentionality about every aspect of what he did. You know, the best athletes are looking at how they're eating, how they're sleeping, how they're working out, how they study film. Every part of it is incredibly intentional where other athletes are just really good and they work hard. And it's not that they're lazy. They work hard and they try the best they can and they do well. But the difference between that and being really extraordinary is that level of intentionality. And I think that's true in all walks of life, whether it's parenting or whether it's athletics or music or anything else. Right, right. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's give our, our listeners some advice here on getting, getting started. So if we want to be intentional, we want to work towards that third level, you know, where we're, we're teaching our principles and we're, we're living in those principles rather and being intentional about that. So, what are some ways to get started? How, what, how do we start moving this thing forward? Yeah. So, so let me talk a little bit very briefly about how this framework works in a company setting. Okay. And then we'll apply it to, so how do we take those same ideas 
and apply them in a family setting. So very briefly, what I teach people in, in leadership is that the culture in any company or family or sports team or any other group of people has this enormous influence over how everybody does. Put the same kids in a different family, they're going to perform differently. Put the same students in a different classroom, they're going to perform differently, et cetera. So that environment that we create has this enormous influence. And so therefore, we as company leaders, as coaches, as parents, we should be intentional about creating the right environment. How do we do that? Well, in company settings, I organize the steps that it takes to do that around a framework that I call the eight-step framework. But essentially, if we cut to the chase, there are two steps that really are the biggest drivers. The first is how we define what do we want the culture of this group of people to be and define those in clear, specific behavioral terms. And I'll come back to that. And then secondly, how do we create, I call them rituals, but routines around taking them one at a time and practicing them over and over and over again? Because the only way we could get, get good at anything, of course, is to practice. Right. So in a company setting, what that looks like is defining a set of behaviors, actions that people do, that when people do this, this is what success looks like. So examples of behaviors in companies are things like honor commitments, practice blameless problem solving, get clear on expectations. These are actions that people do. So we create these actions and then we, we get companies taking one at a time, one each week, and throughout the week, focusing on them through a series of practices that we call rituals. So simple idea is you define a set of behaviors and then you take one every week and you practice it in a variety of ways. So let's take that concept to a family setting because the same is true again in a family, in a classroom, in a, in a, a team or anything else. So in a family setting, the way we, if, if I were starting this over, if my children were young, what would I do? Here's what I'd do. My wife and I would sit down and we would develop a set of family behaviors I, my name for them, I call them fundamentals. You know, these are the things that we want to do. And what we would do is we would define them really clearly. And let's just say for argument's sake that there might be 10 of them. And even while we're talking, I'll pull out a, a sample list of, I've worked with some CEOs to help them with their families and come up with fundamentals. Okay. So I'll pull out a sample and give you some ideas of what might that sound like. That'd be fun. But what I would do is I'd create this set of fundamentals for my family and let's just say for argument's sake, there were 10 of them. What we would do is we would take one every week and we would focus on it throughout the week. And the way we'd start focusing on it is we might do something like this. We might take our Sunday night dinner conversation and over dinner, we would talk about, we would each talk about this week's family fundamental and how we're going to apply it in our upcoming activities throughout the week. Now, the conversation, of course, would change over time to stay very age appropriate. At one age, it's how is my son talking about this on his little league team and my daughter in her brownie troop? And what am I going to do this week in my activities, my wife and hers? But if we were to talk about it like that throughout the week and what we're going to do and how we're going to apply it, and we do that week after week after week after week, and we just keep cycling through them. This week, we're on number one, and next week, we're two, and the next week, number three, and we keep cycling through them. Sooner or later, these behaviors are just going to become our language. It's going to be the way we think. It's been going to become internalized by our children. And I always joke about this, but notwithstanding a few years in the middle when they're teenagers and they roll their eyes and think, Dad, do we have to do this stupid stuff? We'd still keep doing it anyway. Right. And eventually, I guarantee 
not only when they go off to college, perhaps if they do, they would, these would be internalized in them. And isn't that what we want for our children? But I'd be willing to bet that they do the same thing for their children someday. Yeah. Uh, because it would just become internalized for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a great practical principle right there and, and, and action that we could take rather. It's easy to do. So easy to do, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm curious you know, what, what's maybe some of that, those, that list looks like for those CEOs you work through. Cause when I looked at your fundamentals, you know, David has a couple books, guys go out there to the, to the show notes, check that out. They will be featured at the book of the week this week or the books of the week this week, rather. Uh, cause a couple of things jumped out to me when we like keep things fun, uh, yeah. communicate to be understood, uh, take responsibilities. Those are things that even as a family, yeah. we could implement, but, but curious yeah. on what you, what you came up there with. So some I, I'm CEOs. just pulling them out as we're speaking. So I, I'm, I'll actually read them to you. Okay. Um, and I'll send these to you so you can put them in show. Absolutely. So I, I created this with a, a family. Uh, I, I know they don't mind me sharing this. It was a family named Evans, but nobody knows where they are except me. Um, and, they, and they gave me permission to put it in my book. So I'm sure they're fine sharing this. And, and what I had done in this particular case is I sat with the, 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 the husband and wife, and I just listened to them talk about what was important to them. And I just extracted out of that a set of family fundamentals or values. So here, there were 13 of them. Okay. So it works nicely. You go through them every quarter. So once a week for 13 weeks and just cycle through them. So here's the 13 of them. The first one is called, uh, it says, fill each other's buckets regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how do I support each other in the family? Number two says, take responsibility. You can do and be anything. What you make of your life is up to you. Mm. Um, that was number two. Number three says, your attitude is always a choice. Choose wisely. So we could spend a lot of time talking about our attitude. Number four says, be yourself, not someone else's expectation of you. Right. A lot of life lessons sure. in that one. Number five says, go the extra mile. Make it your best. We could always talk about how we're looking at what we're doing this week and trying to be the, do it the best way we can. Number six says, get uncomfortable. That's how we learn. Mm, I like and that. So one. it's a chance to really push ourselves and say, yeah, yeah. go for something that you're not comfortable with. Number seven says, learn from your experiences. There's no such thing as failure. And, you know, we all have experiences, good and bad, and we learn from all of them. Number eight says, kindness is contagious. Go out of your way to help others. Yes. We could talk all day long about how we're doing that. Number nine says, honor your commitments. Do what you say you're going to do. A lot of life lessons there. Number 10 says, be flexible. Things don't always go as planned. Roll with it. That's right. Number 11 says, be thankful. There are always those with more and those with less. Appreciate what we have. Mm -hmm. Number 12 says, be a good listener. Learning to understand others starts with listening. And number 13, the last one says, laugh every day. Don't take yourself too seriously. What a wonderful list. I mean, that's a good list. I mean, just the way that I could totally see that being implemented in a family. So David, yeah. we're going we're gonna to take a quick break and then come right back and we'll unpack this Great. a little bit more. Cool. At The Line Within Us, we discuss wealth a lot. And our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market, 
and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, this could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They're a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us slash IFB, that's investing for beginners, and using the promo code LION at checkout. That's thelionwithin.us slash IFB, and use promo code LION to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter. All right, so we're we're back here with David. He just went through a wonderful list, and I, I tell you when I, when I thought through that list, David, several jumped out. I like that get uncomfortable. You know, I even wrote down contentment because you were talking about you know just just being you know understanding where we're at, and then that listener, you know, they're, they're be, being able to listen. So I think there's so many for me biblical ties back as, through that list that you mm-hmm. walk, walk through, and for our listeners out there, maybe you want to take your take your Bible as you lead your family, and and Pray, listen, and and see where God's leading you to make your own family fundamental list. But I think that was a wonderful framework. I'm just curious: was that how long did it take them to sit down and do that? Was that a course of a, of a night, or that a few weeks, or just? Well, the, the way the way we did that is, I had dinner with the couple, and um, I just I asked them about. So tell me about what what are some things that are important to you, and I just let them talk, and I just made my own notes, and then. Like in the next day or two, I wrote those. Um, so I wrote those for them. After listening to them, I just, I was, my job was to extract out of their conversation. They couldn't articulate this. We, we talked in, a, in another podcast about gifts and talents. And one of my gifts is to extract the main ideas out of things. Mm-hmm. So I just listened and distilled what I heard to these 13 principles. So I wrote them over a weekend. Okay. So then for them, you said Sunday night dinner. They talked about those a lot. I mean, so were they? Because I can envision so many different ways you could do this as as a as a yeah. as a leader of your family. I mean, you could have them laminated on refrigerators, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe you could have yep. little wristbands made. There could be all sorts of ways you could go with this. Any 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 tips there on cool ways to roll it out to a family? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll send you. Um, we actually have a graphic that. If I remember right, I think they created the graphic for it. Okay. So I wrote them all. And, and so uh, when I send this to you, I'll share with you. You could put it in the show notes, the graphic that this was put under. So it, it's just a nice looking thing that, that you could easily make posters or other things out of. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's endless ideas from refrigerator magnets to posters to wristbands to. So I, I do for my work. <clears throat> In our, our, what we call fundamentals, which are our behaviors that we practice in our company, I actually have a little wristband that I wear. Actually, see it if yeah. we're doing video. Um, and I have one made for each one of mine. We have 30 fundamentals in our company, and we practice one each week. So I had a company make wristbands for them, and I change mine every week. So every Sunday night, I switch to the next week. And so my wristband has always my behavior. I'd be a great thing to do with these for oh. family. So imagine if everybody in the family wore on their wrist this week's family fundamental. Yeah. So all throughout the week, you're seeing it, and it would cause others to ask about it. Oh, what's on your wrist? Oh, tell me more about that. 
And it just gives you a chance to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. That'd be a cool thing to do in a family. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it brings a level of ownership that you're talking about the behaviors, you know, because yeah. when you're talking with kids, you know, sometimes it can it'd be a struggle just to convey and get things. You know, you, you can't say it once and be done. I mean, but I, I yep. guess that's not in business either. You have to really repeat it over and over and over and Repetition over. Repetition is everything. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And something I would I would emphasize for your listeners um, here is that repetition is really, really important. And not to let children, uh, I have a strong belief that parents are supposed to be parents and children are supposed to be children. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we don't listen to our children, but they don't know as much as we do. We're supposed to be adults here. We've learned a few things in our lives. And so if my children were to say, Dad, we're tired of doing this. Do we have to? We've done it enough. I'm not going to stop. I know that repetition matters. It's the only way you get great at things is through lots of repetitions. The fact that they're bored with it or don't feel like doing it, tough. That's what we do here. And it's a great chance to demonstrate for our children right. what consistency looks like. Right. That yes, there are times, it's, a, it's another life lesson. There are times when I don't feel like doing things, when I'm bored, when I'm not interested. But the way we get successful is consistency. Right. We do it over and over and over again. So even, even beneath the, 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 the lessons themselves, there's an underlying message of consistency. That just the demonstration that we do this every single week. And even when we don't feel like doing it, we do it anyway. That we're consistent. That this is what we do all the time. That underlying message has so much unseen value to children yes. for them to learn that and to grow up seeing and experiencing that is so valuable. Yes. So I say that, that yeah, yeah. There'll be times you don't feel like doing it. Tough luck. Do it anyway. That's right. Cause this is what we do. That's right. And, and, and I, I hear that even, you know, I, I'll make a comment about that as it relates to business, but we'll tie it back to family. Um, I sometimes in business will have a company, they practice what I call fundamentals, these routines where they're, focusing on one of these behaviors each week. And they'll ask me about, so, okay, we've been doing this for a couple of years. How do we like mix it up some, how do we refresh it? And I, and I say to them that I can give you some ideas that, you know, if we can come up with some ideas that enter, you know, in, that, that inject a bolt of extra enthusiasm once in a while and refresh it, that's great. But I say to them, I don't want you to think this doesn't work. If you don't, there's value to repetition. And I, I sometimes use as an example, you, you go, you get on an airplane and the pilots say certain things in the cockpit and they, and it's how it gets done. And they don't say, you know, we're kind of tired of doing it. Why don't we do it a different way today? Or I don't feel like doing it this time. Right. No, this is how you do it. Right. The doctors and nurses get into the emergency room, the operating room, and they go through a series of things they say, and this is how it's done. And they don't say, oh, I'm tired of doing it that way. No, this is how it works. Obviously, you know, you know better than I do. You go to a church service. There are certain things. There's a liturgy about how things happen. There are rituals that happen in a church service. And it happens this way. And there's value to that repetition. Right. Doesn't mean it's not nice once in a while to change some things up. But I never want people to think that unless we can mix it up all the time, it doesn't work. Right. There's tremendous value to consistency and repetition. No doubt. You know, and I'll speak one thing to the, to the dads out there that are listening. You know, your dads, are, your your kids, they're watching. So you know, there's a saying that's more. There's more cult than taught. You know, where you can mm -hmm. you can try to teach and just you know, and speak one thing, but your kids are going to ultimately gravitate to how you actually 
behave. Back to your point yes. of the behaviors. So, yes. you know, if we're going to make it a family fundamental and we're going to make this a behavior we want out of our kids, we have to be on guard all the time and, and making sure that we're ready to act and that we're actually living out what we say is important uh, as the leaders of our families. Absolutely. One thing I would add to what you're saying there, Chris, um, agree with everything you've said. Something I would add to that is that sometimes people could hear that and think, well, I'm not going to be perfect. I mean, I'm going to mess up some. And that's actually fine. Not only that it's going to happen anyway, it's fine. And this is true in both leadership and in families, that sometimes when we fall short, it's the best opportunities to demonstrate leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, the ability to say, you know what? Um, I say that we should honor our commitments. That was one of our family fundamentals. And I messed up. I told you I was going to do this thing by Thursday and I didn't. And that's not the way we want to be. And I'm working on that. And I need your support as we all coach each other and help each other to try to be this way more consistently. The fact that we fall short and own up to it and work on it and ask for forgiveness and support is a wonderful example of leadership. Now, clearly, if we keep falling short every single time, at some point, we're setting a lousy example. And we're not going to have any credibility. Right. So if I constantly talk about honoring commitments and I almost never do, yes. I have no credibility. But it's even better when we fall short and own up to it and ask for forgiveness and support than when we think we have to be perfect. That's right. And it gives a, you know, the word that comes to mind when you were walking through that, David, which is grace, you know, and we have to have grace in our families and, mm-hmm. and we understand that, you know, we're never going to get it right. We're all flawed. You know, we, we, we're all sinners. We all have things that we're trying to, to fight. You know, Satan is trying to tear our families apart, but if we can get centered on the fundamentals and we make those fundamentals centered on Christ, there's so much strength in that and building those rituals around. I mean, just thinking through rituals in our family, you know, from prayer time to Bible study to devotion uh, to things we do at church on on Wednesdays and the, the areas that mm-hmm. we serve. You know, and, and there are many ways those rituals that, like you mentioned, at churches, you just you, you feel like you're checking the boxes sometimes. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's important to check those boxes and it's important to, it to let those kids see. You know, we call it big church. Like when, when our, when, for our church, when they, I think they get to third grade, they can sit in, in the big, in the regular church service. And that's a big deal for, for, for kids as they get to that age. So they, they'll get to sit in, in the big church service for the first part of, of church during worship. And then after that, they go down for the children's sermon, but it's teaching them the rituals and showing yeah. them how that works. And then as a dad, if we're sitting there and we can actually intentionally show them, okay, we're doing this, this part of the service for this reason. And we're doing this part. And then maybe you take it and you show them, okay, we're doing the, uh, the Lord's Supper. And here's what that represents. And, and you're not ready for that because, you know, you haven't accepted. Maybe, maybe they're, 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 you know, they haven't got to that point where they have accepted Christ. But it's a good chance to, to show them what the rituals mean. I think you just apply that at home. Exactly. And again, I can't emphasize strongly enough the, the importance of that consistency, that even when we don't feel like doing it, even when our children say, do we have to still keep doing this? We get it or whatever. No, that's what consistency is. That's how you get successful is you do the same thing over and over. That's it. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying that I use sometimes in company settings. And I say that when I look at, at what makes people and companies really successful, I, I sometimes frame it this way. I say, they don't do anything that's so amazing or unusual. They do what I call ordinary things 
with extraordinary consistency. Mm. They do these basic things over and over and over again, and that's how you get successful. So I can't emphasize it strongly enough what how important consistency is. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's take a quick break, and I want to dive into one more area with you, David, around family culture, and we get back. Sure. Sounds great. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be cool to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcast isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their messages out to the world. Let's create something great together. Visit thelionwithin.us slash buzz to let Buzzsprout know we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That's thelionwithin.us slash buzz. All right, guys, we're back. David has been unpacking some wonderful things that we can consider when we talk about our family culture. And, and I don't want to leave this conversation, David, without talking about maybe how we can ex- apply this to strengthen our marriages. Because, you know, kids grow up, they, they leave the house, you end up in, with the empty nest, you, you're there now. So, you know, I, I really try to, as I coach men and try to get them thinking, hey, it's great. We, we need to be those spiritual leaders and lead our, our kids, as, as the verse is talking, talking about uh, this week. But it's also, I think we need to put some intentionality around, you know, the fundamentals around our marriage. And that's the most important partnership we have, you know, here on earth is, yes. is, 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 our, is our spouse. So any ideas there on how we can actually start working that into our marriages as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I go back to, and <laughs> as, as I listen to you say that, and I agree 100%, I think, boy, I could do a lot better than I've done in that regard, honestly. Um, so I, I can't, so I'm going to say, I'm going to speak from the perspective of what I think we can and should do, okay. not what I have been doing and I can improve. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think the exact same principles certainly hold true. I don't, I don't know that I would come up with a different set of principles because I don't think you want to have, well, we got this for our kids, we got this for us. I think there's a set of principles that this is how we operate. So if I think about the ones we talked about. Fill each other's bucket regularly. Well, I can be doing that. I could do a better job of filling my wife's bucket regularly. Take responsibility for things. Making sure I'm paying attention to my attitude. Being myself and not somebody else's expectation. I mean, all the things that I just gave as examples would be equally applicable in almost all areas of our lives. We're just applying them in how am I in how is our relationship together and how are we how are we you know building our marriage around those. So. We would just give different examples. So I, I think I, w- I would not recommend that people have a different set for their marriage. Good point. That, that we rather practice the same things just with each other in more adult, mature ways. I also think that the rituals we do, may there may be additional rituals. So there are certain things, you know, I mentioned, all right, let's say Sunday night, we have our dinner time conversation, the family fundamental of the week. Well, there may be additional things about what 
you and your wife do before bed, what you say to each other or how you get up in the morning or how you greet each other at the end of the day. Or I've heard people talk about, um, I've heard good examples. Again, I feel guilty. I haven't done these very well myself, but I hear people use good examples of, um, I was, I, Chris Quinn, Chris Quinn was talking about mm-hmm. it. Like he and his wife have certain things that they do at dinner something that they're grateful for each other about something they're grateful for and something else that they appreciate or well, there's some routine about that yeah. that they talk about every single night at dinner. Yeah. I think those are really healthy things. You hear people talk about, you know, having a regular date night, if that happens to work for you and making a ritual around that. So there are, I think there's plenty of opportunities within a marriage to create rituals around what we do with each other. Right. And, and there's so many opportunities to do that. Great. But I mean, great point though, on, on don't rewrite the fundamentals, you know, I, no, think, I, I think as you write them, you know, they need to be in mind as well to strengthen your marriage, make just different context as you're talking exactly. about here. You know, in, in, in company settings, when we talk about this in a business, I often say we're, when we're writing what I call fundamentals, we don't write a different set for the sales department than the guys in the plant, than the service department or finance. It's the same principle, but it's just taught to people in a way that's relevant for their context. So when we talk about one of my fundamentals is called be a fanatic about response time. We're just crazy about how fast we get back to people. And so I want everybody in my company, if you're in sales, I might teach it to you in a way that relates to sales. If you're in you know, operations, I might teach it to you in a different way or in finance. But the principle is still the same. Right. Everybody's a fanatic about response time. Right. So the same thing would be true here. These principles are the way we want to be. To your point, you'd give it context, a different context if I'm talking about the Brownie Troop or the Little League team than our relationship with each other as husband and wife. But it's still the same principle. Right. You know, if we're going to honor commitments, we should all be honoring our commitments. And we can talk about the commitments we make to each other or in our lives that may be different from ones that our children are involved in, but it's still the same principle. Yes, absolutely. Same principle. So, I mean, I think guys, you know, the takeaway here, start acting. You, you really just sit down and have these conversations. And I think David's framework, what, the things he's talking about here, uh, you know, defining what that culture needs to be, coming up with those fundamental behaviors that you want as a family, you know, and then start making them into a ritual, you know, whatever that looks like for you. I think we gave you some great tips on ways to get started. But you got to you got to own it. You got to lean into this, and you know I will, I will point people back to to David your books, particularly fundamentally different, because there's so many good chapters there on the different those thirty fundamentals yes. that I think really you can modify in some ways to uh, to to fit the family structure very easily. Very good, very good. So David, this has been wonderful. Anything else you, that you'd offer up to our to our listeners here? I think just, you know, if I were to synthesize what we've said, it's the, the culture, the environment you create in your family has an enormous influence of, over how your children live, what they grow up with, how they look at the world. It shapes, you're shaping how your children look at the world, and it will influence how they raise their families as well. And so we can either leave that to accident and hope that as they observe us and we try to set the example, we hope that they'll figure out the right things. But honestly, they're also going to be influenced even more by their peers. And so, you know, I'll make this one other general comment and then tie this up. I, I, I had a chance, I, um, I, re- I, was, I remember this, 
I went to I went to the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. And um, there's a good friend of mine, a woman who was for many, many years the head of residence life there. Um, and she's, she and her husband have been good friends of mine for many years. And I was with her a number of years ago, and I asked her an interesting question. I said, all right, so you've been working with these college students. They come away from home. They're, they're in the dorms. And like, what's, what's something you've learned that you might not have ever thought of? What's the biggest thing you've learned? And she said to me, I always remember this. She said, the power of peer pressure. And she said that kids, she would see young adults come to college who in other settings were wonderful people that came from great families and they do really stupid things when they're with their peers. Yeah. That peer influence is significant. And the reason I raise that is that if we're just going to set a good example and hope that our kids watch us and figure out from our example what we want them to get out of that, when they spend more time with their peers than they do with us, that's a scary proposition that we're turning over the growth of our children to their peers instead of to us. That's scary. And so the antidote to that, the opposite of that is establishing this is what our family is about in very clear terms, and then creating a structured through these rituals, creating a structured way to teach those principles over and over and over again so that they become internalized in our children. And we hope that in the moment of truth, you know, they do the thing that, that we most want them to do. And, and I'll, I'll, I said I was going to say the last time, I'll give you one last other Absolutely. tip, if I may. So when my children were little, something that my wife did, and, and this was something that, I don't know where she heard this, but I think it was a great practice, so I give her all credit for this, is she used to do something that she called temptations. Okay. And what that meant is that before bed, my kids would be all excited. Can we do temptations tonight, tonight, mom? And what that meant is she would describe situations to them that they might someday find themselves in where there would be a temptation. You're at your friend's house and they say, hey, let's get into our dad's liquor cabinet. And what would you do? And we would talk them through. And the thinking was, and I think it's true, that the more we talk about these things, the more they get internalized the higher the probability is, again, where there's no guarantees here. Peer pressure is big. There's no guarantees that our kids are always going to do the right thing. But we're stacking the odds in our favor heavily if we talk about them all the time. Right. If we're talking about this all the time, there's a better chance that when faced with the moment of truth and somebody says to our children, how about we do this? No, that's not what we do in our family. They're going to remember that. And so that's why this repetition is so, that we've been talking about is so important, that the more we talk about this, the greater the probabilities that in that moment of truth, they do what we hope they would do instead of what their peers talk about. That's beautiful. Beautiful advice. And I mean, I think it really speaks to what we're trying to teach you guys here on the line within us. You know, if you want to your kids to embrace and to, to live a life, to be the disciples that we're trying to raise them to be, you know, we need to be living that out daily and we need to make that our ritual. You know, it doesn't need to be, it can't just be a Sunday thing. You know, your, your kids got to see the same dad Monday through Saturday that they see on Sunday. So, I mean, yeah. you know, David, this is, this has been a ton of, of, of wonderful insight here. I'm going to take us back to our scripture because there, there's so many things that, you know, first Timothy three, four through five, he must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? So guys, Start building those fundamentals. Put them in place. The question I want you to think about this week is, name one change that you can make that would impact your family, culture, 
that centers around glorifying Christ. So guys, I mean, there's things that, that we can do. So David, anything else, my friend? I think I've given you all I got. This is great. This is great. So guys, go check out the show notes. There's a lots of ways that you can find the books that we talked about here today. Uh, they will be featured on this week's Fun Friday, definitely as, as, as the resources that we highly recommend you guys checking out. You know, share this with other lions out there. Send a text message, push it out. Go to the lionwithin.us. Get, you know, check out all our resources from the Bible study to all the information on our coaching program. And, and guys, thank you again. Do not, don't, don't leave this in your pocket. Share with other people. So go out there and unleash the lion within.